Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. We are coming to you live this May 7th, 2023 from the studios of KDIX Dickinson, North Dakota. We are live tonight on the AM radio station here in Dickinson. We are live, I believe, on KDIX.net, of course, on their website, and then also being picked up by Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. <clears throat> so good to have you all here. A bunch of people texting me. Tonight, good to have all of you that are listening. I, I might get to some shout-outs and some of that. Uh, some of them texted before the program started. We have, uh, let's see, we got Brother Griffith listening out in Montana, faithful min- uh, listener. Timothy, Madison, Eliana, and Judah are listening in Wisconsin tonight. Lori in Southheart, uh, Brother Johnson listening tonight down in Arizona, I assume. Bunch of, boy, the texts are really coming in coming in now. Um the uh, good to you know I'll get to some of these more later. I'll look at these later. But I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson, Dickinson, North Dakota, five hundred one Elks Drive. We had a great church service today. A lot of visitors again. Uh, just God has been sending people to our church. I know that I believe in evangelism. I believe we should be out witnessing to people. But it's crazy what's going on here in Dickinson. People are just showing up at our church, people that I've never met before, people, some that I've met that have been not been there for a long time. It's just neat to see what uh, what's going on, to see what's happening. 
we had um, good services. I I usually teach the one of the um, one of our discipleship classes on Sunday morning, and I <coughs> surprised uh, Philip Greiser, a young man in our church, and I just said, "You're teaching today." So that was kind of unfair, but he did a wonderful job, did good, and then um, I spoke about what I'll be speaking about on the radio tonight. Maybe dig in a little more into some other scriptures, but it is good to be with you, always good to be with you. I left a house full of company at my house, a bunch of screaming kids, actually. I think I had, let's see, I had one, two, three, let's see, one, three or four great-grandkids over there, a couple little great, or a couple little grandbabies over there, and so um, I came from that into the peacefulness of this radio show, and I'll be going back to that. My sister Brett's just tuned in tonight. I I shouldn't read all these on there, but a lot of people are texting me. Good. Good. I'm glad that you're listening tonight. Some from out of state, some from locally. Uh, Just good to have everybody here. I did bring my guitar in the studio. I'm supposed to have a bunch of guests uh, invade the studio here pretty soon. I've got some of my, um, some of my grandkids from up in the Beulah area that are coming down, I guess, to be in the radio station tonight. So we'll see if they make it. They always say they're going to do that, but sometimes they're late. So um, if if I knew for sure they'd come, I'd let them do the radio station, our show tonight. Well, let's see. Where should we start? we got to get to work here. Oh, by the way, uh, every Wednesday night lately and coming up, I've been teaching in our church. We have a church service Wednesday night. It's a regular service, but sometimes I do a little more teaching. Not always, but I've been teaching on Pentecostal standards of holiness. Why do we... We have the uh, biblical principles, and then we set standards as a church to help us live out those biblical principles. And um, I've been having uh, just a really good time teaching on those things. Taught taught on modesty last Wednesday. I'll be teaching on things like uh, the transgender dressing movement, um, jewelry coming up, uh, what God, what the Bible says about hair on men and women. I'll be teaching on that. This is something, if you're a visitor here listening in Dickinson, I want you to come. Uh, you know that Pentecostals dress different. They look different. Uh, I want to I want to explain to you why we do that, because it's not just some kind of man-made system that we've got going here, but these are all things that are based on the Bible. So every Wednesday night, unless we have a speaker or unless I feel led to go a different direction, coming up for the next several weeks, I'll be teaching on Pentecostal standards, and I'd love to have you come for that. Let's start out. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. We're going to try to get through the whole Bible tonight. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. You know, this is the basis for true wisdom, to know that God created everything. We didn't create God. He created us. And this is the true basis for all wisdom. We've got, um, you know, this this concept that our world is thinking that God is a some kind of a fig, figment of men's imaginations or something that's invented by God. I want to address that tonight. Uh, the Bible says in in First Corinthians chapter one, uh, it says, "For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish." Foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Who is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified unto the Jews a stumbling block and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Notice in verse 21 it says, The world by wisdom knew not God. Very, very interesting. In other words, the world got so smart, they didn't know God anymore. 
Now, a lot of my radio program tonight is going to be based in Romans chapter 1, 18 through 22. But I wanted to read that where the Apostle Paul, who is writing to a lot of secular people, a lot of heathen people, the church in Corinth, and he was talking to them about about how they thought they were so smart, or people think they were so smart, that they don't even believe in God anymore. But in Romans chapter 1 and 18, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And so we see here several things. Number one, there's a thing called ungodliness, which simply, if I could simplify that, not to recognize God in our life. That makes you ungodly. And the call to godlessness or ungodliness is very, very powerful today. Many of the uh, news articles that come across my phone uh, for me to read are based on a godless philosophy that we just evolved out of matter that came from who knows where. I mean, they don't have a good answer for that. I guess it's just always been here. And and they uh, they just said we evolved from matter. No, no divine design, no creator. That is just screaming at us through our schools, through our news media. Everywhere you look, you're going to find so-called science trying to prove that we came out of nothing and we're going back to nothing trying to prove that man doesn't have a soul, that man is not eternal, that there is no such thing as the spiritual realm, which is ridiculous. That's ungodliness. And then it says an unrighteousness. Of course, there's two types of unrighteousness. If you're ungodly, you possibly are unrighteous just because you don't know what righteousness is. Because you don't, who says what's right and wrong if there's no God? We take a vote on it. I've heard rumors, I don't know if this is true or not, I hope not, that there's a few states already in the United States that says if your child wants to be to, to have a sex change, in other words, if they're a boy to be chemically castrated, if they're a girl to do who knows what, and the parents say, oh, no, you're not. There's some states now they say that social, social services could step in and make you let your kid have that surgery? These same states, you can't even get a tattoo unless you're 18. But you see, this is, if there's no God, I guess anything goes. We could just vote on it, right? Whatever the majority says is right must be right. That's ridiculous. The Nazis said that the Jewish people deserve to die. Did that make that right? Of course not. You see, without godliness, there's no such thing as righteousness. And then it said there are people that hold the truth in unrighteousness. In other words, they know the truth, but they won't live it. I'm not going to deal with that part of it tonight. Romans 1.19, it says, Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. In other words, there's some things that can be known about God and that God has showed us those things. Now, there are some people, because they can't get all their questions answered about God or about life, they choose to be foolish and just say there is no God. In this program, I'm going to deal with that a lot tonight. Just because the Bible says in Deuteronomy 29, 29, the secret things belong unto the Lord, but those things which are revealed <coughs> belong unto us. You know, this this concept that I'm not going to believe in God till I get all my questions answered, that's not going to work. You're not going to get all your questions answered. Because God really is so far above and beyond our understanding that he couldn't answer them because we couldn't understand the language he's using. But even that, the desire to know more, the desire to know more than we know already, 
points us to the concept that there must be more to know. You know, the the concept to be able to admire something, the concept of uh, of the uh, the appreciation of music and art, of nobility and courage. These things point us to the fact that there's a God. Something bigger than we are. I told our church today, I wonder what the current percentage of knowledge is compared to all the knowledge in the universe, which we can't, could not know. And I said, let's give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. Let's say that man knows 10% of everything there is that you could know. I mean that we, you know, we understand the laws of physics, many of the laws of nature, and we know a lot about history. And I don't think it's 10%. I don't even know if it's 1%, but let's just say it's 10% of all the knowledge in the universe that we, as a mankind collectively, that we know. What about the 90% that we don't know? Could God be living there? The Bible says the fool has said in their heart that there is no God. And today, if you're listening and you're a fool, I I mean, I here again, I didn't call you a fool. If you tell me there is no God, the Bible calls you a fool. Romans 1.20 said, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. That's us even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. There is no excuse not to believe in God, and it won't work on Judgment Day to say, I didn't believe in you. Because the invisible things of God, in other words, the spiritual world that cannot be sensed with the five senses, the Bible says is clearly seen through nature. When we see order... We know there's a designer. We we know that you know there's there's when we see chaos doesn't produce anything good except more chaos and even worse chaos. For the world to have created itself that would that would contradict all the laws of science that we currently know. Because chaos doesn't create anything. If you took a typewriter, if you took all the pieces of a typewriter, of course you don't, you know what a typewriter is. Let me, let's see, uh, all, all the pieces of any mechanical, uh, complicated thing. And you t- disassembled them. You took apart your, your, uh, your, one of your tools. You disassemble them, put them in a bag, all the parts. And then you hired 100,000 chimpanzees to shake 100,000 of those bags together up. And they would shake them for 20 years, throw the bag on the table, and see if your power saw would be reconstructed again put it back in the bag, shake them for another 20 years, throw them on the table and see if your power saw would ever come back together again. And 100,000 chimpanzees are doing this for eternity, and they never get the power saw back together again. And in my example, all the parts of the power saw are there, but it never comes back together again because chaos does not produce order. You know, there's a song that I like, part of it, it's a Michael Card song, but it says, this is the mystery more than you can see. This is the mystery more than you can see. Give up on your ponderings. Fall to your knees. (laughs) Creation shouts to us clearly that there is a God. And there's no excuse for not believing. The um, let's see, we got people texting me. Wow, 
Oh, man, all kinds of my favorite people are texting me, and some that are I don't even know. Uh, you're listening. If you're just tuning in, Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is show, I'm talking about who created whom tonight. Who created whom? Let me play a dumb song here. Okay, let's see if I can do this. Let's try this. Hang on. Text me tonight, 701 290 See if you, is, was your daddy a monkey? Well, you think you understand everything there is to know. You're just a traveling man trying to figure out in your mind. You've got your education from Harvard and have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. You'll never understand. Humanistic wisdom. song actually we've got uh, jody and james and the kids listening we've got miles and sierra's family listening sister brett's raul we're listening he said jason from new radic listening reuben in texas the willis family listening henry and harrison are you going to start running around like a bunch of wild men when i say your name ben yoder listening in pennsylvania We've got, let's see, we've got Yvonne and Marin, Sister Yvonne, Sister Marin, listening in Bowman again. Lori out at South Art. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. Who created whom? Uh, you know, let, let me get to where to meet of this tonight uh, before I get invaded here in the studio. Verse 21, Romans 1. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, 
but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. This this uh, this is really some interesting stuff. In other words, people knew God, but they didn't want to glorify Him as God. They didn't want to worship Him. They weren't thankful to Him for for their life. <clears throat> and then the Bible said they became proud, became vain in their imaginations, and then their foolish heart was darkened. That's a description of our world. We're not giving God credit or the place he deserves in our life. There's no desire for some people to know God or to seek or worship God. We're not thankful to God for our lives that he's given us. And then we become vain in our mind, pride. Part of this uh, topic is was inspired by two articles I read this week in psych- Psychology Today. I don't, I don't recommend the magazine; it's it's goofy. But on my phone, I get you know I read the news on my phone, and I enjoy that. And I don't know why I get certain articles sent to me or <coughs> for me to peruse. But one of them <coughs> in Psychology Today was so interesting that I had to read it which brought me to another article in Psychology Today that I felt like I had to read too, and I'm glad I did because it just made me think about some things, and I'm doing the program tonight about it. It lit a fire inside of me, kind of the foundation of this topic. But the first article says that following a religious or spiritual leadership is only for weak people. People that want to revert to the safety of their childhood where they felt safe and secure with rules and others doing their thinking for them. Uh, They want leaders to do their thinking for them, and that way it lets them off the hook. They don't have any responsibility because leaders, they're trusting leaders, these crazy religious and spiritual people, they're trusting leaders to help them to make decisions. Well, there was more to the article than that, but that that was the gist of it. Some lady wrote it, and um, I just it just kind of cracked me up at first, because one of the things that was so apparent to me, is she was saying that you can't have leadership in your life because you got to think for yourself. But even reading her article, if I was going to listen to her article, I'd have to take what she was saying as leadership in my life. So if what she's saying is true, we shouldn't say anything. We should just all think of everything on our own. (laughs) In other words, let's not try to mentor anybody. Let's not try to point anybody in the right way. Let's not try to help anybody because they just need to grow up and figure it out for themselves. Well, that's a bunch of hogwash. She was trying to be a leader, and she was basically saying Follow me. Jesus in the Gospels 18 times said, follow me. Come and follow me. In the book of Judges, we read twice about this dangerous time in the history of Israel where it said this, every man, there was, it said there was no king in Israel, every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's in the book of Judges twice. This is very interesting to me. Don't listen to anybody, this article said. Don't follow anybody. You see, that's the wisdom of this world. God is telling us to follow him. God's got a book called the Bible, and the true wisdom of God is in the book. Plus, God wants us to tie into a local church so that people can judge us there. Yep. You heard me right. People can judge you there in a local church because we want to get to heaven. You know, this this idea that nobody can tell me anything is vain. It's proud. It says, and when you start thinking this way, your foolish heart will become darkened, which is really what's going on today in all these weird things that are happening. 
Now, the second article that I read in Psychology Today was not similar to this, but it was it was just as godless. It said this is now this one really cracked me up too. It this is whoever this author was. It was a fellow, and he said, "Hunter, the hunter gatherer, ancient man. You know, the primitive man. Now these people believe in evolution. They believed." The primitive man, they were just like a step above the baboons. Uh, he said that the reason they were a step above the baboons is because this, these groups traveled in groups of 70, 80, where baboons only go in 30s and 40s. So that made them superior. Now notice what he said. This ancient hunter-gatherer man, who didn't have a written language, he didn't say that, or didn't draw pictures, this did not believe in a God of any sort. Now, how in the world did this author know that? He said, he said that ancient man, you know, the, I mean, in their version, you know, because I don't believe their version, but they said ancient man didn't have a God of any sort. And then the article went on to say this. Now, this is crazy. But the article went on to say, but as man evolved and got smarter, he created the concept of God to help answer the questions that he didn't know the answers to. The article didn't say this, but basically the gist of the article was, we got smart and we created God, and now we're so smart we're going to just say he's not there anymore. I love Isaiah 1 and 3. I love it. I don't mind reading it out of the King James Version. It's not a word we use anymore, but it says, The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. An ass is a donkey. (coughs) But Israel doesn't know me. My people don't consider. I love Isaiah 1 and 3. He was saying that an ox knows who his owner is in a in a donkey or an ass, knows where the barn is. But my people don't know who their God is. Who created whom? This author was saying, we cr- mankind created God. That is about as vain and proud as you can get. But man has been thinking that for hundreds, even thousands of years, some men. They think we created God. Now, in idolatrous nations, they kind of do. You know, they they build a statue and they make a God out of that. We don't do that here. At least most of us don't. Sometimes I wonder about some of you folks here in Dickinson. I see all these religious statues, but I hope you're not praying to them. But in fact, the Bible has a lot to say about it. If you are interested, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but the Bible says don't do it. I mean, don't don't make a religious statue. But anyway, but Romans one twenty two says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Isn't that something? This, this author in Psychology Today said ancient man didn't believe in a God of any t- kind, and then as they got smarter, they created gods to help them cope with life. But now, we don't need God anymore because we're so smart. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. There's a little song I'm going to play here. Uh, it's called uh, Divine Design, and uh, um, Dana Key wrote that song. I like that song. I like singing it. I'm gonna. He does a little better job than me, but but I love this. There's a part in this song said, "You don't need a school, because from Einstein to fool, you know that it is by divine design." Text me tonight. I'll answer some of these. Seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two. Keeps the 
this tiny planet Moving around the sun each day Makes the evening sky into a shrine You've known it from the start Cause it's written in your heart This clock is running by divine design What keeps the seasons changing As the winter turns to spring Who made the plan to bring this rock to life You don't need a school Cause for my Einstein to fool You know that it is by divine design Tell me you believe it's fate and not a master plan Tell me I'm the next of it with eyes and feet and hands I'll tell you one more time I gotta say he does a little better job on that song than I do. I do like singing it though. I really do. Divine Design. Uh, that's by Dana Key. The um uh you know, just I like a lot of the words to that song. Well I I like a well written lyric too. Pastor Bob, by the way, the Tell It Like It Is show. Um, but you know what keeps this tiny planet moving around the sun each day, what makes the evening sky into a shrine. You've known it from the start, it's written in your heart. This clock is running by divine design. Who keeps the seasons changing as the winter yields to spring? Who made the plan to bring this rock to life? You don't need a school, because from Einstein to fool, you know that it is by divine design. Tell me you believe it's fate and not a master plan. Tell me I'm an accident with eyes and feet and hands. I'll tell you one more time. I know this world is by divine design. Hey, a lot of people texting me tonight. A lot of people listening. Good. I've got a new listener, Mike. Uh, he's from my other church up at the county jail. Good to have Mike listening tonight. <coughs> Paul and Michelle. Michelle, good to have you listening. <coughs> George and Liz, <coughs> are you guys really married? 
<coughs> the Gubroods in Valley City, Zach, Leah. I sure had sure enjoyed visiting with you, Zach. Both I got to visit with both of you, didn't I, at that wedding? It was fun. Um, the um, I got a somebody, a little girl from our church named Cash, texted me. She said, "How do two billboards talk together?" <laughs> she said they use sign language. I like that. All right, let's see. Um, well, we have got. I haven't been invaded in the studio yet, but. I've got some people that want to see what a radio station looks like, I guess, so they're coming here in a little while. I might have to play a song to go let them in. Professing themselves to be wise, Romans one twenty two, they became fools. Now, who would be the best to tell us that we're wise? Do you think it should be us? Do you think if we think we're wise, we're wise? Of course not. <laughs> you can think you're wise and be a dummy. You can think you're smart and be a dumbbell. You know, there there is um, some people. Some people are stupid because they're so proud that they can't learn anything. And I'm I maybe I'm using harsh language here, but but just because you think you're smart, or just because you have some kind of degree, doesn't mean you're smart. And we all know that's true. There are so some people so full of themselves that they can't even listen to wisdom. So it certainly wouldn't be us to tell us that we're wise. How about others' opinions of us? Could other people say that we're wise? Possibly. But is that a good gauge? Like what if all your friends think that you're wise? Does that mean you're wise? Or does it mean you just got a bunch of friends that don't know anything? See, who does it matter, what does it matter what we think about ourselves and what others think about us? The only one that could declare us wise would be God. Jesus said in Matthew seven twenty four, Therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Jesus said that you're wise if you hear what he says and does it. And you do it. Who does God think you are? Does he think you're a wise child or a proud idiot? Now, a child can seem like an idiot, but there's a vast difference between a child that doesn't know something and an idiot that thinks he knows something. Now I'm getting kind of, it seems like I could say that better somehow. Hmm. Maybe I'll just keep it the way it is just for shock, you know. But if you are a proud person that thinks you know everything, you are dumber than a child that doesn't know anything that's willing to learn. Professing yourself to be wise doesn't make you wise. Albert Einstein was intelligent, but he wasn't a believer in the God of the Bible. And because of that, his basis for wisdom, was skewed. Now, I'm not trying to tell you I'm smarter than Albert Einstein. I And he's dead, and he couldn't defend himself anyway. But if what I've read about Albert Einstein is true, and he did not believe in the God of the Bible, which seems to be true by his own words, then his basis for wisdom was skewed. Who created whom? And if God created us, can he make up the rules for us? I believe he can. I'm going to get, um, maybe I'll do it. Signs of a wise person. Not a wise guy, but a wise person. Proverbs 9, 8 through 10. 
Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Give instruction to a wise man, he will be yet wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. The signs of a wise man, number one, he fears the Lord. Number two, he has a desire for the knowledge of the holy, the deeper things in life. Number three, he's one who's willing to receive instruction. Let me play a little song here so I can let some people in the studio. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. Everybody, I'm back. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. We've got whole studio full of people now. I had to go let them in. Here we've got. Uh, let's see, we got some Woodses here. We've got Billy here. Let's see. I guess that's it. Woodses and Billy. That's right. 
Yeah, so we got uh, the newlyweds here. Uh, Eric and Kayla are here tonight, back from their honeymoon, and they. This is the um, kind of the the um, icing on the cake to be in the studio with the Tell It Like It Is radio show. So that he promised her, when we get married, babe, I'm going to take you to the studio and show you what's going on. So anyway, so that's wonderful to have them here with us. Uh, they came down there just just killing time from Beulah. They they all go to a church up in Beulah. Talking tonight about who created whom. Did we create God, like that author said, or did did God create us, like the Bible says? You know, um, I like Brother uh, Johnson texted me a scripture, Ecclesiastes 4.13, Better is a poor and a wise child than an old and foolish king who will be no more admonished. Will no more be admonished. You know, that uh, I was talking earlier, I'd rather be a child that doesn't know anything and willing to learn than some proud idiot that thinks he knows everything. You know, do you, let me let me just kind of say this. I want to just get this in somehow before we start doing whatever we're going to do to wrap this show up. But, you know, two things. Here's, here's what it comes down to. Number one, you've got to have a spiritual birth in your life. You've got Jesus said it like this, you must be born again. Now, he wasn't talking about entering the second time into your mother's womb. He was talking about a spiritual birth. And he, when he was asked about it, he said, you've got to be born of the water and of the Spirit. Being born of the water is being baptized. The word baptized means to immerse in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the Spirit baptism. You've got to be born of the water and of the Spirit. This is This is a necessity. This is a must. How do you get these things? You seek after God and you repent of your sins. You have faith in God, of course, the very beginning. And then you come to God in in repentance, asking him for forgiveness, being willing to change. Then you submit yourself to be baptized by someone in the church in the name of Jesus Christ in fulfillment of Matthew 28, 19. And then you are a candidate to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when you receive that, the evidence will be that you'll speak in another language that you don't know. So that is what you need. If you want to start out to start to know something that's worth knowing, you must be born again. And and the next thing that's important is you've got to have spiritual authority and leadership in your life. This is not some kind of cult. I'm not telling you that I have to be your pastor so you can go to heaven, but you've got to have a pastor. You've got to have elders in your life. You need to be tied in, unless you're a missionary or something out there, you need to be tied into a local church where we can look you over. Like I said earlier, where we could judge you. And that's exactly right. We'd rather be judged now than be judged later when we couldn't do anything about it. Go to church so we can judge you. (laughs) You say, that doesn't sound right. It is right. Because judgment that's mixed with love is good judgment. Judgment that's mixed with anything besides love is not good judgment. But the first time I showed up to a Pentecostal church about 45 years ago, they all looked at me and they figured out I needed some help. You know, and they were willing to to help me. They were willing to reach out and help me. But this long-haired college kid, when I walked in, I didn't have a clue about the Bible. I didn't know anything about anything in the Bible. And all those people in the church just looked at me like, there he is. (laughs) Let's go get him. You know, that's, that's judgment. So, number one, you've got to have the new birth. Number two, you've got to submit yourself to leadership spiritual leadership in your life. Number one, that leadership needs to be based on the Bible, the Word of God. Jesus said in his great prayer in John 17, 17, John 17 is Jesus' prayer, wonderful prayer. It's a great study. But he said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The only authority Pastor Bob has is the Bible. That's all I've got. You know, my... A friend of mine that that I know mainly, I don't know if we've ever actually met, but we sure have communicated a lot. His name's Tony Spell. He, uh, Brother Spell, 
you know, we up here, you know, people thought we were crazy for having church during the pandemic. Well, in Brother Spell's case, he got in trouble with the law. But his basis was, I'm sure he's a law-abiding person, but his basis was, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourself together. Like, in other words, don't quit meeting together for church. And so he decided that that law was bigger than man's law. In other words, the Bible was his guidebook. And so, first of all, we need the the Scripture. We need... I'm not just telling you to go to any old church. I'm telling you to find a church that stands behind the apostolic message, minimum of Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. That's where it starts. If you're going to a church that doesn't believe salvation has to do with repentance, immersion, baptism in the name of Jesus, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in tongues, you're going to the wrong church. Minimum. That's the bare minimum requirement. There's more to it than that. But you need a local church in your life. You need to be under authority to somebody. <clears throat> you need elders in your life. This idea that, well, I, we just played that song, The Blind Lead the Blind. This idea that Jesus said the blind lead the blind, so don't follow anybody, that's not what he said. He said don't follow the blind. Jesus, if he would have said don't follow anybody, it would have been, like I said earlier, dumb that he said 18 times follow me in the Gospels. He's saying make sure who your leader is. Adam and Eve rejected God's leadership. Lucifer rejected God's leadership. Korah in Numbers 16 He told Moses, he said, you know, all the congregation's holy. It's not just you guys. You can read what happened to him. Miriam and Aaron, they were mad at their brother because Moses because he married an Ethiopian lady. I guess they didn't like her. And And Miriam said, has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not spoken by all of us? I love what it says next in that verse. You know what it says next? It says, and the Lord heard it. I like that. In other words, well, here's everything. But, I mean, he kind of especially heard that. It didn't go good for Miriam there. You know, it's time It's time for you to recognize we did not create God. He created us. That we um, just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to bring this thing to an end here, but if you want to come and visit us this week, uh, Pastor Bob pastors the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota, 501 Elks Drive. We've got church on Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings at 10 is Sunday school, 11 is our worship service. We have um, we have um, a, a church in Beach at uh, Tuesday nights, 7.30, Sunday mornings, in Bowman, Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings, in Beulah, Wednesday nights, Sunday mornings, right? All right, we got most of their church sitting in the studio here today. Well, you know what? I got my guitar in the studio. I want to sing, but but now I got. I'm really intimidated because my grandson Philip's here, and he's an expert guitar player. And uh, <coughs> well, maybe I'll do it anyway. Okay, I'll. Here we go. I'll try it. I believe that William Shakespeare lived, though we never met. Oh, I already sang that, didn't I? Because when I was 17, I read Romeo and Juliet. I was supposed to, but I didn't read it. But Did you have to read Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> I better just stick to the song. I'll start again. I believe that William Shakespeare lived, though we never met. Cause when I was 17 I read Romeo and Juliet And I believe there was a man Whose name was Michelangelo Because he left his mark In the chapel in the heart of Rome Every mountain Every valley 
your creation it surrounds me every breath i breathe every heartbeat every sunrise that you give to me these and so much more tell a story we cannot ignore the evidence of god the evidence of god And Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this broadcast, God, we know that your creation speaks evidence of your existence. God, I pray that our listening audience will quit questioning everything, God, and begin to just realize that you do exist and that you are willing to be found for anybody that seeks after you. God, we just pray that you would help us, help them, Lord. Help us to stop fighting, God, against this knowledge, the knowledge of the holy. We just pray today in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name. Well, thank you for listening, and um, Lord willing, we'll be back next Sunday night for another Tell It Like It Is radio show, 806 Mountain Time. God bless, and good night. You are not a God created. God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. You are not a God created by human hands. God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. That's what you are.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.